The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA, Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Welcome, everyone. Tim Decker here with you, talking any and all things financial. If it's important to you, if it's on your mind, something that you'd like to discuss, do not be shy. I'd love to hear from you. You can call me here uh, live by dialing 717 540-0580. That's 717-540-0580 or toll-free 800-724-5801. Or, as always, you can email me live during the show here with any questions that you may have uh, by emailing ffradio at comcast.net. That's ffradio at comcast.net. All I need is your Name, uh, well, I need your first name. I don't need your last name. And where you're calling from. And just uh, we'll have a fun discussion here. And I'll do my very best to provide you with straightforward, unbiased advice. And the advice and the guidance that I provide, I make every effort to have it come from and be supported by academic Evidence, that's the key word there, evidence, evidence-based investing, uh, which comes out of financial science. That's in direct uh, direct competition, direct contrast with speculating, gambling, guessing, trying to make predictions. And the reason that we do not do that, and the reason that you don't hear me trying to recommend individual stocks and talk about what sectors look good because of what's happening in the economy and what the Fed looks like they're going to be doing with interest rates. You don't hear any of that nonsense on this show because it's nonsense. What we know is those who attempt to forecast and predict and identify mispriced securities, when you look at at all of the individuals, the advisors, the money managers, some of the most intelligent individuals in the world of finance, institutional money managers managing billions of dollars. At the end of the day, the vast majority of those, the vast majority of those are not able to consistently even beat something as beautiful absolutely beautiful as low-cost index type funds. So what we focus on are things that matter, things that you can control, and we don't waste time talking about things that might be entertaining but ultimately can only hurt you 
as a investor. So again, you can reach me here, 717-540-0580 or toll-free, 800-724-5801. And let's go right to the phones. We have Dave from Wormleysburg wants to uh, talk a little bit about Online Trading Academy. Hi, Dave. How are you, sir? Oh, good morning, Tim. It's been a while. The last time I listened to you, you were on a motorcycle somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, we were, uh, my bride and I, um, if if you're talking about within the last couple months, we actually uh, flew out to Santa Monica, had our beautiful Harley-Davidson shipped out there and took about four and a half weeks and took the old Route 66 trip all the way back home. So it was a great time. I, I did similar thing. I drove out to Hollywood to see my daughter. Mm -hmm. We had my black cat, and we drove a... Uh, 6,500 miles out there and uh, spent a weekend with her and then drove back. And we went, came back on that old 66. So, yeah, that, that's nice. But you got more guts than I have. I'm, you're probably a lot younger than I am. Uh, uh, I like four wheels myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I tell people? Um, not, not everyone uh, is destined to be on a motorcycle, but what what everybody can do as long as you can drive is you can always rent a convertible and what's what is so nice about being on a motorcycle which you would also experience in a convertible is when you have that open air and you know you're able to experience all of the elements it really really adds a whole nother dimension to your experience you know i i have to agree with you uh, the thing that I'm concerned with right now, I, w I was watching one of these infomercials a couple weeks ago and about retirement and everything, and then it got mm -hmm. on online trading academy, and mm -hmm. it was a free uh, half-day session. So I went mm -hmm. to it a couple weeks ago, and uh, I just want to get your opinion on that type of thing. My opinion is very simple. Um all of those types of systems are designed to transfer money from your pocket to their pocket. I mean, if you think about it in very simple, logical terms, if I or you truly had a system that we could trade consistently and have fabulous returns, why would I want to share that with anyone else? True. True. And... These outfits, they make more money selling these courses than they actually do following their own advice. And the other thing is, is if you read, if you really take the time to read the fine print, or if you hear these ads on, on radio shows or televisions, at the very end, often you'll hear their disclaimers, and many times they speed it up so you can't even understand what they're saying. But if you read the fine print of of these things, what they're doing is they're doing a lot of back testing, which means they're doing some data mining. They're going back, and I and you and anyone else, we can go back and we can find something that has worked in the past by identifying and withdrawing certain patterns and data and technical analysis and charts and all that but that's back testing. That's not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean that because we identified a pattern in the past, uh -huh. that that's going to occur in the future. Sure. 
And um, it, 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 it really, really is nothing more than thinking about if that really was as successful as they make it sound, why would they be wasting their time selling us programs and books and all that when they could be out there just focusing on doing this themselves? So, <clears throat> as always, uh, snake oil salesmen come and go. These things will always be out there because they know, unfortunately, and it happens all the time. Well, to me, it looked very very risky. I think I could be up at Hollywood Casino doing just as well, probably. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But there are people, Dave, that are always going to get sucked into these types of things because human beings are wired to want to always look for that home run, that shortcut, that easy way, that yeah. surefire way, that Amen. safe way. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's also... One of the reasons why fixed indexed annuities are sold everywhere now because people people are easily sold on the idea of guarantees and safe returns and you know all these things without really understanding the story. So I I'm glad I guess I'm glad that you went, but I urge you stay away from that stuff. And uh, I think you're way too smart to get sucked into that. So thank you. And can I ask you one more question? I, a couple a absolutely. years ago, you got me. Uh, you gave me the good advice, and I got into that S and P 500 mutual funds with with a nationwide group, and uh, okay. they're doing real well. Now, when I want to figure my what my returns on that, do I add up all the short term, long term, and the dividends, and then Divide that into the amount and the thing. Is that what I do at the end of the year? Find out the real. Well, yeah, if you're looking, at, if you're looking at your total return for a given time period, uh, you know, a good way to generally look at that uh, without looking at what's called internal rate of return, which takes into account your cash flow and the time mm -hmm. value of money based upon cash flow in and cash flow out. Uh, a simple, you know, nice way is just look at the amount, what the, what the amount is that you deposited, divide that by what the total value is, and that will give you a, a general sense of what the, you know, what the total increase is, yes. I see. Well, hey, it's good to have you back from your trip, and uh, I appreciate your advice, and, and thank you. And, and I, you don't have to worry about me getting involved with that online uh, nor going up to Hollywood. I, I'll, I'll make it hard way. <laughs> Listen to you. All right, Dave. But thanks again. All right, sir. Thanks uh, for your call. All right, let's go to the, uh, our break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. If you have anything you'd like to ask of me, love to hear from you. 717-540-0580 or toll-free 800-724-5801 or you can email me, ffradio at comcast.net. We'll be right back. Financial Freedom. Simplified. Do or die So gone hold to go and pay the price Here's to leathernecks Devil dogs and jarheads Paris Island in Welcome Jamaica. back, Tim Decker here. Second half of financial freedom. Again, if you'd love uh, if you'd like to inquire 
of anything having to do with your finances, I'd love to hear from you. 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580 or toll free 800-724-5801. You can shoot me an email here live if you're phone shy at ffradio at comcast.net. Charles Ellis has been dubbed, and I quote, Wall Street's wisest man by Money Magazine. He is the author of one of the all-time classic books, which is one that I have recommended for your effort to continue to guide you and help you make informed and wise financial decisions. Our website address where you can sign up for our e-newsletter is isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. And also while you're there, download for free right there on the bottom of the homepage, a questionnaire for you to use as an invaluable tool to have your current financial advisor complete the answers in writing and or used to interview for a financial advisor. If you will use that tool and insist on getting those answers in writing before you work with a financial advisor, or if you are currently working with one, these are answers that you're going to want to know to be absolutely certain that you are working with a 100% fee-only fiduciary advisor who has nothing to sell, receives no compensation for any recommendations of products, but is paid by you and you alone. And because they are a fiduciary, they are required legally to always not some of the time, like fee-based advisors are. Fee-only advisors are required at all times to put your best interest first. Again, website, isifinancialgroup.com. Okay, let's go to Jim from Newport. Jim, I appreciate your patience, and how may I help you, sir? Hi, Tim. Thanks for being there to take my call. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. About uh, 11 months ago, I started my Social Security at 62. Mm-hmm. With the theory being that with the market being so good, by getting three years of the money into the market because it goes, my Social Security check goes right into my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And now I'm beginning. Now I'm I'm wondering. I I I thought maybe I should have ran this by Tim first and got his opinion on that. So what do you think of that strategy? Okay. Um. There are. There are many different variables, Jim, to take into consideration that will lead to you deciding when is the best time to take it. Um, now, you you started taking this how long ago? Uh, 11 months ago when I turned 62. Okay, so my understanding is um, within the first year, <clears throat> you can change that, double yes, check. That, yes, that's why I'm calling right. you before my birthday. Okay, okay, okay. Here, here's, here's what what I would well. Here are the variables. Number one, the single most important variable is how long are you going to live, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if I knew that, I would be, I, I could make all good decisions. Exactly. <clears throat> so, what we know is only the good Lord knows for sure when that date is. So, what you can do, however, is as in all areas of investing, it applies to this financial scenario as well, is is make wise decisions based on probabilities, okay? 
And when we think about your age expectancy, the things to take into consideration are your current health, the longevity of your parents, your grandparents, and that can give us at least some sense. I will tell you that as a general rule, and please note I'm emphasizing general, if you live to 75 and beyond, mathematically, when, when we have looked at these calculations, generally the break-even point is about 75 when you take into consideration the time value of money and a reasonable expected return on taking that money early. So for most people, most people uh, living past uh, 75 and looking at taking it at 62, unless you have some health issues, most people are going to live past 75. Again, unless you have, you know, bad genes or you got some major health issues and so forth. But there are many other variables that we have to look at. We have to look at, you know, are you married? Um, how long have you been married? What's the age difference between you and your spouse? What about kids? What about your long-term goal of maximizing what's left over for your family? I mean, there are numerous variables that really need to be taken into consideration because you got, you know, spousal benefits. you got survivor benefits. Whose check is the largest. Let me ask you this. Do you need the money? No, it goes right into my, it goes right into my portfolio. Every, every okay. month the check gets deposited at Vanguard. Okay. So by delaying it and thus allowing it to grow to your full retirement age, which is 66 in a certain number of months, um, that probably would be something that I would lean towards, again, taking into consideration all of those other variables. What what we can do for you, if you want, and it doesn't have to be us, though. I mean, there are others out there. But we have a very, very robust system with the technology that we have that was written and developed by those that have worked for Social Security, um, also some accountants and attorneys are involved in this and we pay for this system and what we do for clients of ours is um, we if we we get some information from you we can plug it in and there is a beautiful robust report that will behind the scenes look at all of the different strategies and options because there are many of them and it will bring to the surface based upon you picking a mortality age, based upon, again, your best guess for you and your wife, um, and, and it will help us evaluate and determine, you know, which strategy is going to optimize and give you guys the most. That doesn't mean you have to follow it, but at least you're making a decision with your eyes eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let, let me ask you one question. What it, it, say I stop my social security? Do do I pay the do I pay the money back or? I believe so. I, okay, yeah. That, well, that wouldn't be a problem either because it, it's really not that much money. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would. You know, obviously, um, obviously, I would double check with the social security office. But that is my understanding. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, let, let me uh, let me think about what you what you said in the previous statement there, and see what I want to do there. Uh, yeah, I I, I, was, I was just thinking only because it was going right into the uh, right into my uh, portfolio into your investments, in an yeah. index yeah. fund that yeah. it would be a it would just do better there for three years and. But yeah, well, again, we've done the calculations, um, and you know it's it's. Re- even with a reasonable expected return, say of five or six percent, um, you know, if you live past seventy-five, and I'm talking from a pure financial standpoint, um, because of the guaranteed increase that you'll get every year you wait between sixty-two and sixty-six, and potentially even waiting till seventy, because that's going to give you thirty-two percent more than what you know what you would have at thirty-six. It's really hard to beat those returns of deferring Social Security. But as I said, if you have some health issues and longevity is not something that you don't feel you've been blessed with, um, that could argue for taking it earlier. But again, if you don't need it, let you know maybe it makes sense to let it grow and. Remember, it's designed to be income insurance, longevity insurance, and it's the best pension in the world because not only is it guaranteed by the government, but you have those inflation benefits tied to it as well. So, mm-hmm. okay, all right. I hope well, that helps uh, you. Yes, it does very much, and uh, I'll, I'll kick that. I'll kick what you said around. Uh, I do appreciate you helping me out. Absolutely, I wish you the very best. You too, Tim. Okay, enjoy your weekend. You too. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, let's go to the news. When we come back, we're going to pick right back up, and I'm going to talk to you and share with you some of my favorite thoughts and what I believe are some of the wisest thoughts from a man who you've heard me talk about before. His name is Charles Ellis. Charles Ellis is involved and has been involved with both Yale and Harvard and has chaired their investment committees. I'm going to share with you what he says about buying individual stocks or having your advisor or your manager buy individual stocks. What he says, it may shock you. You're not going to want to miss it. Okay, let's go to the news. We'll be right back. Sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial freedom on WHP 580. Once again, here's Tim. Welcome back. Before we go to Jim from Newport, uh, let me remind you, uh, if you've not yet done so, by all means, take advantage of our free e-newsletter where we send out things uh, at least monthly. Uh, we send out a video blog. It's only about two, three minutes long. Um, it comes from some of the best thinkers and academics in the world of finance. In my effort to continually provide you with financial truths, evidence-based investing methodologies in years, it's called Winning the Loser's Game. Now out in its fifth edition, uh, it may actually... Uh, there actually may be a sixth edition, uh, which I may have missed. And I also know, uh, know that he's uh, come out with a newer book, and I forget what the title of it is. But anyway, he has has and currently advises 
institutional investors all over the world. As I said, for many years, he chaired the investment committees at both Harvard Business School and Yale School of Management, and he chaired the Investment Professionals Global Organization, a very, very well-respected academic. And let me just share something that he said that I think is one of the most profound things that if you will think about this, it is loaded with substance. And for those of you who still believe the fairy tale that you can or somebody else can consistently and reliably identify mispriced stocks, thus you buy them because you think they're underpriced, and that the market is mispricing them, or you sell them because you think they're overpriced and thus they're going to go down, or even worse yet, you're working with an advisor who has led you to believe that trying to pick individual stocks, either with their insights or by paying some well-known institutional manager, if you are still of that belief, then I would say you need to, and you owe it to yourself and your family, to back up, force yourself to have an open mind, and look at the evidence. But within that context, here's something that Charles Ellis said. He said, and I paraphrase here, I don't have the exact quote, but essentially he said, I quit trading, I quit buying and selling individual stocks one day when I simply stepped back and asked the following. Who is the ignorant fool on the other side of my trade? Let me say that again. Charles Ellis said, I stopped. I stopped buying and selling individual stocks when I simply asked the question, who is the ignorant fool on the other side of my trade? Always remember, anytime you buy a stock or you have a money manager buying an individual stock for you, unless it is strictly to fill your exposure to an asset class through something like a low-cost index fund where stocks are bought and sold having nothing to do with whether or not they believe they are mispriced or having nothing to do with any speculation on what the markets are going to do, other than passively managed index funds or passively managed institutional asset class funds through fund families such as dimensional fund advisors which we work very closely with at our firm any other active managers who are attempting to outperform the markets through either 
trying to identify mispriced securities or attempting to time the market by having more exposure to stocks because they think or you think the market's going to go up or decreasing your exposure because whoever you're paying thinks the market's going to go down or if you're doing it on your own, you think it's going to go down. If you're engaged in any of that, I urge you to heed the wisdom of what Charles Ellis said. Ask yourself before you buy a stock next time or you sell a stock, who's the ignorant fool on the other side of this trade? Because remember, a trade cannot take place without two parties. You can't have a buyer unless there's somebody willing to sell. You can't be a seller unless there's somebody willing to buy. So, essentially, what Charles Ellis was saying, and again, I think there's so much substance in this, if you're going to purchase a stock, it can be Apple, it can be Tesla, it can be Merck, doesn't matter. If you purchase that, there's somebody on the other side of that trade selling it. Now, the reason they're willing to be selling it to you is because they believe that it's overpriced and the upside does not warrant the risk. You're purchasing it because you believe it's mispriced, it's underpriced, and you think it's going to go up. Or, as I said, worse yet, you're paying some advisor who has unfortunately led you to believe that they're going to be able to consistently pick winners for you. Well, Charles Ellis's point was, in essence, what you believe is that you know more than the fool on the other side of the trade that is either selling to you or buying from you. Well, let's ask ourselves, who, who is on the other side of that trade? What, what determines the current prices of what stocks are trading for? The answer is the market in aggregate. There are millions of investors every day that are going through all kinds of information. And remember, almost 90% of the trades that take place throughout the day are executed and done by institutional investors. So, so what you have is you have all of these super intelligent, I didn't say smart, I said intelligent. You have these super intelligent individuals working for some huge institutions. I mean, we're talking... These people are super intelligent, many of them. They come out of, you know, they have PhDs and they have their doctorates in economics and, I mean, they are whiz kids. So you have these institutions out there that are all looking at the same information, which is reflected in current prices because you have buyers and sellers coming together to form that equilibrium that they both have agreed to is a fair price for them for one to buy and the other to sell. And it's that equilibrium of all these institutional tr traders for the most part 
that determine what stocks are trading for at any given time. So if that's the case, and it is the case, to buy an individual stock because you believe it's mispriced and that, and that it should be higher, or to sell an individual stock because you believe it's mispriced and it sh should be heading lower, essentially what you're saying is you believe that you have information that essentially you are more intelligent, you're smarter, you've been able to make a better judgment then all of those very, very intelligent investors out there that have access to so much more information than you do, and you think, or your advisor has led you to believe that they think that they have a way to identify and to beat the aggregate of knowledge and the efficiency of markets, which simply means markets reflect all known information. I would tell you to look at the evidence. And again, if you look in the halls of academia coming out of the University of Chicago, Yale, Dartmouth, Harvard, we can go on and on and on. My friends, there's a reason that more and more money is rushing out of actively managed hands and those trying to beat the market by picking stocks and is finally pouring into low-cost, passively managed investments. That's the difference between investing and speculating. Okay, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. We'd have time for a question or two. If you have anything, we'd love to hear from you, 717 540 0580 or 800 724 5801, or you can shoot me an email, radio at comcast.net. That's radio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker, and this is the program where we do our very best to look out for your best interest, not the interest of Wall Street. We'll be right back. Financial Show Central PA Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Welcome back as we wind down another hour of financial freedom where it is our goal to be your trusted resource for financial truths. Compensated risk and uncompensated risk. What is that and what's the difference? Uncompensated risk is something you want to avoid. It's taking risk for which there is no expected returns for taking that risk. Why would you take a risk in the world of investing if you're not expected to be compensated for taking that risk? Or... Why would you take on more risk versus another alternative with less risk if they both have the same expected return? 
Well, that ties into what we were just talking about before the break. The academics refer to uncompensated risk in the world of individual stocks being there is no higher expected return from owning and trying to outsmart the markets, believing foolishly that you have information that the markets don't already have priced into the securities. There is no compensated expected return for taking on the extra risk of buying individual securities when the same expected return is available for you if you diversify away that risk. In other words, when you own an individual stock, I don't care what company it is, unless the name of the company is God Incorporated, every single individual company out there has risk. And the risk always exists that they can not only can their stock price at some point drop substantially, there's always the risk of something happening that can lead to bankruptcy. Oh, I know, I know what you're saying. Oh, oh, not, not Apple, not, not, uh, not Microsoft, not Merck, not Philip Morris. I mean, you you can you can defend whatever you want to, but I want you to listen carefully here. Have you ever heard of a company called General Motors? How many of you, when asked? 20 years ago would have honestly believed that one day GM would go bankrupt. What about Eastman Kodak? What about one of the largest, most successful energy companies of our times over the last century called Enron? And the list goes on and on and on. So don't, don't tell me or tell yourself, more importantly, that buying individual stocks that you are not bearing a risk of that company potentially going under. But anyway, putting that aside, what the academic evidence shows is you are not compensated with a higher expected return when you look to buy individual stocks versus instead diversifying that bankruptcy risk of worrying about that one company and minimizing that by instead choosing to invest in a beautiful, beautiful, globally diversified portfolio of, yes, you may own that company, but you're going to own eight to 10,000 companies throughout the world. Thus, when some of those companies do go under, because they represent such a minimal percentage of your overall portfolio, it's going to have such a small impact, you won't even know the difference. So in summary, what we know, again, from academic evidence, 
like it or not, I'm just sharing with you the evidence, and that is your expected returns by owning a beautiful, diversified portfolio of thousands of great companies throughout the world is the same as it is in trying to pick individual stocks with the added risk that comes along with that. So that's why they say, in the world of investing, diversification is the only free lunch. And that's why I always say, eat lots of it. Stay away from speculators. Stay away from those who have led you to believe or try to persuade you that they can outperform the markets. It, it's a fool's errand. Have a great weekend. We'll be with you next week.